Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the BoJack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series BoJack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I am Adam Nicholas. And as always, at the beginning of this podcast, call us the front of the plane (laughs) because we are all business. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Horseman. You can also follow either of your hosts, if you so wish, at It's Adam Nicholas for myself and... At Michael Hamflit for me. Um, also, you can catch the podcast on Spotify if you wouldn't mind following. That'd be great. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Acast. You can find us on the Twitter feed as well. It's in there. And we'd love it if you could leave us some five-star reviews. As you know, we get spotted in all the algorithms. It helps other people find us. And then if more people find us, you can talk about that with your friends. You can talk about it with us. As we say, it's great to build a community. And of course, later on in the episode, we're going to be inducting the third member of our Hollywood Talk Ooh, of Fame. Nicholas. Very exciting stuff. Well, speak. Speaking of Hollywood, shall we just get right into it with the Netflix synopsis? As always, we give you the synopsis at the beginning, and this is season five. No, it's not. We've jumped right ahead. It's season (laughs) one, episode five, Live Fast, Diane Nguyen. A business trip for Bojack and Diane takes a detour. Todd runs a scam that gets him in trouble. Now, this one's an interesting one because the two of them, we kind of get the the gang paired off a little bit in this episode, Mm. don't we? It's just beginning to follow the convention of a kind of regular TV shows. If at this mm. point, five episodes and they've been able to get a bit of rhythm where characters can sort of do their own thing independent of whatever the other characters yeah. are doing. It's the first classic Bojack that we don't actually start with a classic Bojack. With classic Bojack. We're in present day. It's a relatively short cold open. This is quite sort of like sitcom conventional. Bojack and Diane are at the airport. Uh, they're intending to fly to New York for a publisher meeting, but Bojack is causing a scene because he's got booze. He's giving it a, do you know who I am? And uh, it's really quite tragic. He, uh, when he re- when the sort of airport security guard responds, well, no, I'm not really interested, just drink your booze. He says, all right, <laughs> if you want me to dance, I'll dance. He follows on from that advice that he gave Sarah Lynn about just keep dancing. He still yeah. believes that he's being required to perform when really it's the exact opposite he needs. While all this is going on, Diane just goes through security, is absolutely everything's fine. <laughs> Bojack finishes his drink, but then the security alarm goes off again <laughs> because they find a gun on his person. <laughs> it turns out to just be a lighter, but it's so powerful that it bangs anyway. And I love the way that Diane says, like, yeah, I got through so quickly because I just followed the airline yeah. rules that have been in place for over 10 years now. <laughs> and there's Bojack with a drinks flask and a, a gun-shaped lighter, essentially what we end up finding out. Yeah, it's 
yet another sort of Seinfeldian quality of this show, I think, where they're all very, there is obviously no hugging and no learning. Mm. Bojack continues not to learn. This is the fight that got him in trouble with Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, the idea that somebody would want to know who he is and thus care when really they're just trying to go about their day and he's getting in the way of himself and getting in the way of them. I don't even know it's that he doesn't learn. It's just that he doesn't care, does he? Yeah. He does these things because he just thinks he's above... Not a, yeah, above the law, I guess. He thinks he's above the law. It's not the life that he has to lead when he's in LA, but we mm. will get back to that later because mm. we next find Diane and Bojack in Penguin Publishing. Uh, we first met Pinky from Penguin Publishing in his office in LA, which was this crumbling building we kind of like related to the polar ice caps where book publishing as we knew it was falling apart because when was the last time he saw a book? <laughs> <laughs> Things haven't really got any better. He's, uh, he's much happier in New York because in his words, it's best for everyone's kneecaps if I stay out of California for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> to that end, we actually see his crutch holding up the desk oh, in the office. Good, there's so many visuals in this office. We can't overstate it. And obviously we always say on this podcast, like we really want you to watch it and listen along with us. Mm. The things that you can spot, obviously, to just denote that publishing as an industry is falling apart, let alone Penguin Publishing. So worthy of like uh, the big world that they tell about publishing and how how little respect they show for it and yet how important how, Bojack's how, Yeah, how key it is though, most of this that's happening so far. It's quite, uh, it's quite key at this moment. Bojack is putting over Diana as this brilliant ghost writer. Diane then gets a call and as soon as she leaves the room, he buries her immediately to Pinky. <laughs> um, as soon as she goes, he says that she's too functional and not damaged well, enough. I, I was going to say, he doesn't exactly bury her here. He does. Yeah. He sort of, he almost is trying to get rid of her because of the fear of that she's doing almost too good of a job and she's too good to do She's almost going to tell the tale that he doesn't want told. Yeah, that's true. There's a there's sort of, I kind of, I picked up a bit of a dramatic irony here that like we know how good Diane is and how yes. switched on she is. Whereas Bojack is either mindful of that or so self-absorbed that he's not. Yeah. It's, it's one or yeah, the other it, with him. You, isn't you it? can't easy. tell. It does yeah. a bit of a duality there. We've said it before, right? it's a horse having blinkers on. It's either mm. that it's one thing where he could just be so like kind of clueless to everything going on that she's picking up all those times when he has to not put things in the book. It kind of plays that again. Brilliantly though, Pinky is having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this little meltdown that he has. They need this book to go ahead. So he just flips out at the prospect of the book being delayed and Bojack immediately relents. He's suddenly <laughs> in fear of this angry penguin. So much so, and this is just a tiny little giveaway, so much so that as he's shouting at Bojack and he like bangs on the desk, his actual phone like comes off the desk and just falls out the window. <laughs> just, <laughs> just flies off the desk. One more problem So ridiculous. It's one more problem now. He doesn't have a phone anymore. Um, right as obviously Bojack has relented and mm. what could have been a scene has immediately been wrapped up by Pinky's aggression. Uh, Diane reveals quite calmly and coolly that her dad has died. That mm. was the phone call she was taking. She's aggressively no-selling this pretty huge news. Yes. So we're obviously allowed to read that there's maybe something that's not all quite right with Diane and her relationship with her dad. But in the interest of being a good human being, she proposes that her and Bojack just briefly divert their trip to New York and uh, continue working in Boston, where her family are from. A slight inconvenience, she seems and, to describe and it as. nothing more, mm. like strictly nothing more. Um, so yeah, we find Bojack and uh, Diane on the in the car on the way to Boston. They're talking a little bit about family uh, and we get a Bojack flashback. And I feel like I need to give it that kind of build because it is a point where the listeners and you yourself can strap yourself in. Mm -hmm. It's never good when we flash back to Bojack. When you see Bojack's dad, you know you are in for some tragedy. Oh boy, are you in for some sadness? It's child Bojack is always dressed as a sailor and yep. that's like quite a conventional 50s American mm. child. But it's the intentional happiness and joy of the sailor's outfit to be juxtaposed with something truly awful and cruel. We called it in another episode. It's like lag before the gag. Uh, the, sorry, the drag before the gag. And it's even, there's not even a, a joke to get excited about before no. you just the wind sucked out. It's just like some wacky music. They play wacky music over there the There is a little joke, scene. but we'll have to get to that later on in, <laughs> just, in the hiddens, perhaps. But uh, 
Yes, oh, there is, there is very a much, spot, is yeah, but it's very much straight into the sadness with this one because it's all dialogue. He just asks his dad if he wants to meet his imaginary friend, <laughs> and Bojack's dad replies with, and I quote, I love this line by the way. Imaginary friends are freeloaders invented by communists to rip off welfare. Why don't you do something productive like banging your head against the wall until your brain isn't so stupid? Oh, god, it's just, just you know, it's brutal, isn't it? Well, it's child abuse, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, literally, they're yeah. inviting you to have a guilty chuckle at Bojack's extremely dark past that is rooted in abuse, either mental, physical, or otherwise. Mm. And this is just yet another example. We have yet to see Bojack's past and it be anything remotely nice. Yeah. And the irony, of course, here is that Bojack is trying to get on Diane's level about, it, about what it must be like to have brothers. He doesn't have any of that. So instead, he's sharing the polar opposite when he thinks he's doing that thing. We're like, oh, yeah, we've got this. Look, we've, we've, we've got, got these experiences. We're the same. No, you don't. You've just got this terrible darkness. Do you know what? I've just, that's just twigged there. This is essentially like uh, Job in Arrested Development. <laughs> same. It same. is. Same. The two of them just trying to like, mimic someone else. There is a hole in Bojack's soul and we are persistently mm. allowed to see into it, aren't Indeed. we? Um, Diane tells us, or tells Bojack and thus can tell us, that her family don't really like her and resent her for leaving Boston whenever that was in her youth. Obviously, she's moved to LA to be with Mr. Pinterest. Um, She had a very lonely childhood, according to the kind of the memories that she's sharing with Bojack. Uh, and when Bojack then calls her on it and says, well, hang on, you told me about spending time with your dad on the roof. She just admits she lied to him just to get him to open up. It was an old, an writer's, old trick. writer's trick. Yeah. Um, it was quite something that I thought here because obviously at that point she's admitted a bit of a weakness to Bojack. Normally she's the one with the parental style power in the yes. relationship with Bojack. Mm -hmm. And then they briefly traded places because the Bo Bojack's the one trying to give her some parental advice while she's kind of admitted to lying as a child would. And then the relationship immediately flips back because she leaves Bojack in the car with a kaleidoscope to keep him distracted. <laughs> Which is absolutely positive. It's not going to... Diane, I'm not going to be tricked by, oh my God, shapes and colors, the likes I've never seen. It's a wild gag. <laughs> it is, but it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a good gag. To be able to distract... I don't know if this is an anthropomorphic thing is or it a, a horse childlike thing, yeah. thing, a parental, like the, the weird kind of like shifting power dynamic that she immediately claims yeah. back. But the big visual of Bojack being surrounded by the colors of a kaleidoscope and just being wowed by it. To be distracted long enough for her to deal with her, her dad's death is quite something. And I think as well, it kind of speaks to how much at this point Diane now knows Bojack because mm. she knows him so well that she literally got, she even says she's gone out of her way to buy him this kaleidoscope. This isn't like <laughs> she just has it lying around. She said, here's a kaleidoscope I picked you up from the airport. And he's like, this will never, oh my God. Like <laughs> she's got him down to a T. She's obviously spending enough time with him that she's starting to understand who he is as a person. It's quite sweet. Mm. It's quite sweet. It and is. it is played for laughs. Oh yeah, 100%. Know. Um, so yeah, we uh, we meet anyway, Diane's family. She's got four brothers and a mother. Um, I'm going to insult any of our listeners in Boston. But the first point, any of them mention that obviously their, their father has passed away. He's wicked departed. He's wicked departed. So they're I am very... going to apologize now because that's going to continue throughout <laughs> this podcast. So anybody from Boston who's listening, we apologize slash we don't apologize. Well, they're very, <laughs> very Bostonian. Aren't they? Yes, so... they are the stereotypical or how certainly as... Hollywood has told me yeah. that Boston should be which is doing as, which again. is again doing it again. So one of her brothers is watching uh, the Red Sox game where they lost the World Series, and I believe 1986, because mm. Bill Buckner couldn't bend down to pick the ball up in time, and it, it was all yeah. very sad. It was the curse of the Red Sox before they finally won of it course. years later. Curse of that Bambino, I believe it was okay. called. Um, Someone's been doing that. Uh, right? uh, <laughs> a little bit of baseball. I watched lots. Good. <laughs> I like sports. <laughs> so yeah, a mother has got all these sorts of abandonment issues about Diane leaving. She keeps referencing that she hasn't visited in five years. Um, she says, we're not like your fancy California friends like George Clooney and 
The California, the California raisins. raisins. I love that. No frame of reference whatsoever <laughs> for what Diane's life might be. Nope. And he's yet still furious that she's left them behind for it. Um, they don't even really know why they can't be bothered with her. There's a, a weird sort of, I don't know, it's like a confusion at play where they are stressed, or at least most of them are stressed with how Diane dare go. But their anger is so impotent and mm. misplaced. It's it's really quite sad. It's quite pointless, but they all, as we will learn, they've called that because they need a help, don't they? That's yeah. Which is... It's almost like, I don't know if it's a begrudging phone call I've had to make. Obviously, it's a dad who's passed, who's passed. but like the, the way they treat her, when they obviously need her help and they want something from her, they, treat, they just speak to her like trash throughout this thing. Well, as you say, this wasn't a, she didn't receive a call, as we would all hate to receive from a loving family member to mm. share tragic news. She would re received a call to ask for help. To ask for help. And this couldn't be more literal because it's not just to plan a funeral, <clears throat> it's to do something with a corpse that remains in an armchair with a couple of ice packs on it. Honestly, man, the, the spin around reveal gag <laughs> in here got me really good the first time and it's continued to get me on every single rewatch. Just imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> they are so devoid of function, yeah. but it provides Bojack Horseman the TV show with a wonderful sight gag of the, the now deceased father just sat exactly as he was when he went to the point where he's got like rude doodles on his face which I won't spoil go back and watch them mm. and they just assumed he was asleep when they were doing it they didn't know he was dead and when the, they were drawing on his face and they're essentially preserving him with bags of ice <sighs> that are just on him some half melted they've obviously he's been there a while he's, <laughs> Straight he, out the he's completely discoloured at this point so he's obviously been sat in the chair for a while <laughs> um, Bojack has finished with a kaleidoscope <laughs> by this time so a knock's on and one of uh, Diane's brothers is just in shock. Is that the freaking horse from horsing around? Like, which I really appreciate as well because we've seen through like the cultural references and for watching the old game of baseball that Bojack Horseman, the star of a 90s sitcom, mm. would be exactly in their frame of reference. Bojack like craves this sort of attention for the show he made all those years ago, can't get it, and then walks into a world where he's perfect for them. And this is all summarized really because the entire family, everything we've seen of them up to this point and is suggested is all they ever do, they're just sat in the settee, aren't they? They're mm. sat in their, in their couches watching the TV. So Bojack Horseman is exactly the kind of guy they would be blown away by yeah. because he's the one person they're all huddled around the TV watching together. As I'm sure Diane has alluded to earlier in, in the first episode of the season when she's talking about how she watched it as a kid. Yes, that's mm. right. Yeah, there's a, there is a we know there's a new end history yeah. with the show. Mm -hmm. um, brilliantly, as always, as we've seen in every episode so far, when he is recognised, it's the horse. It's that. It's always the it's horse. That instant heartbreak that he was never even given a name to mm. be remembered by. He, he is just a, a horse, the embodiment of who he already is. Um, but he does bond with the brothers. It sort of plays to that insecurity he had in the car about wanting that family unit and wanting that life. It's again, another callback to him wanting the, the family unit that he had in the show. It's Bojack trying to live horsing around through his real life. He repeatedly mentions things like touch football. Yeah. They're not real lived in experiences. They're just things he's seen from the outside looking into other people's lives. The ideas, aren't they? He has this idea of what this sort of brotherhood would be like. Touch football is literally a scene from the horse and around credits. Yep. They're playing, they're playing outside. outside yeah. So it's something that like a TV studio and his two-bit night is sitcom has told him is how a family should be. So much like when he has Sarah Lynn over and she's gobbling drugs by the bottle load, mm. he's desperately trying to cling on to the idea that he's actually been a father figure to her. They're all his imagined ideas of what should be happening. But of course, he's so far out of time and so far away from any of that. These are adults he's yeah. trying to do this with who aren't his brothers. That's even worse. Well, and... You know, it, it gives us like our first real quite hard moment of pathos in the episode. So the brothers welcome him in to such a degree that they want to show him a video that they've called oh, Cry Anne. Man. 
um, which, you know, is foreshadowing how bad this is going to be yep. for Diane. So they tell him the story of how they all pretended to be a pen pal called Leo that was from Cambridge in England um, that she basically fell in love with. They don't say it in as many words, but you can see immediately Diane shuffles mm. awkwardly. Clearly means a lot to her. Um, they set up a dance date between the two of them, a homecoming dance, and then pay a homeless guy to be her date and film the whole ugly scene. This homeless man is at the door. Diane, young, awkward, pimply Diane is there in her prom dress. First night, she breaks down into tears and that becomes a nickname as a result. It's quite upsetting here because obviously having watched that, you want and you will Bojack to take a stand on her behalf but he completely sells her out he because at this point he's really keen to fake a life with them instead. Yeah, and I guess the, the power shift changes a little bit here because Diane knows literally everything about Bojack, whether it's been on purpose or whether it's mm. been through him like accidentally telling her a few things. This is his first real chance of getting a glimpse into her past and not leveling the playing field, but certainly putting him in a position where he's getting his slice of what she's getting in return. Yeah, very much so. She asks them not to show the cry-on video, and mm. that's kind of her equivalent. Don't put, that Don't in, the put it in the book. Exactly. Yeah, if yeah. she could, she would have him no, yeah. have nothing to do with that story. It's uh, it's just as well, I think the writing of Bojack at this point, they've at no point have they shied away from Bojack's imperfections. The way they kind of make, and we'll get to this in this episode, but we've seen it in previous episodes, Bojack has to learn his lesson throughout the episode, or we as a viewer have got to earn the the nice moment, mm. the one arm around the shoulder before the knife is plunged back in our back <laughs> has to happen because if Bojack starts the episode as the lead baby face, the lead hero, it just wouldn't be real. Mm. We've learned that he's just not that horse. He's not that guy. And, you know, can he ever be really? That's a story that it asks of us every episode. So if you weren't disappointed by him in the interim, would you really feel satisfied by him if he's able to turn it around later on that show? Um, we cut to Diane and Bojack at the uh, the funeral home. Um, <laughs> they're offered packages for how would they want to bury him. Diane plays down that there was ever a loving relationship with the dad. But the uh, the funeral director is ready for this and offers her the piece of shit package. <laughs> she suggests that the piece of shit package would be too good for him. So they say, oh, so would you like the uh, piece of shit package would be too good for him package? And she says, yeah, that would <laughs> yeah. be absolutely oh, perfect. God, that, that sounds amazing. How ironic they've got this package prepared <laughs> and ready to go. Another big gag that kind of plays on like, the reality of life, yeah. really. It's, it's an awkwardness that comes around in death, where death of family and death of friends is not always as clean cut as one would think. And it's gives you that feeling that not all families are the same. Like it's mm. totally normal for someone to not have that relationship with their father or the, whoever it is maybe in their family. Like this is a, re- a weirdly comical way of showing us that that is not, she didn't certainly doesn't seem like she had the nuclear family kind of thing going on. Well, it's funny that in this episode, when we've seen what, it's funny, it's never funny. When we've seen uh, uh, ch- the child abuse element of it's Bojack's... It's never funny without a receipt. <laughs> yeah, of Bojack's past, it's been through the prism of his dad, because mm. obviously this is all about Diane's mm. like dad. She would want to pick this particular funeral package for him because she couldn't think less of him. Yeah. Bojack would desperately try and use that flashback yes. to say, wasn't my dad great? And then we would see the reality of that. Mm. She is far more connected to the harsh realities of how her life has been than Bojack Horseman. She's a lot more self-aware as well, isn't she? That's the thing. Mm. Bojack is living in forever in this show so far, has been living in a fantasy or his certain fantasy of how he wanted to be as opposed to how it actually is. It's like another theme of oppression, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Which leads us to a really, really high-end gag in the, uh, the funeral home where he's trying to get Diane to loosen up before she explodes. And then his phone ring and he absolutely explodes. <laughs> uh, a missed call. He's been getting missed calls apparently all the time and he's furious about it. He knocks a missed call off. We then see who's actually on the other end of the phone. It's the paparazzi birds ah, with yes. the Sarah Lynn sexcapades. They're still trying to sell those. Well, they're trying to sell we saw Blackmail this Bojack. In the previous episode, didn't we? In mm. uh, Zoe's and Zelda's where they're trying to blackmail him 
but he continues to no sell the phone calls that he's getting off them. They resolve because this isn't working to go to his house, but we're going to find out how that turns out later on because there's something else going on in the episode that's going to get in the way of, of them course. going to his front door. <clears throat> Back in Boston, we're at the funeral and only Bojack and Diane have turned up. So all the stuff that she was dragged over to Boston to do has been for nothing. The family are in a local bar. Um, and it turns out that the the coffin that was at the funeral didn't even have body in because they've had him turned into a chum to throw at Derek Jeter's fat face. <laughs> it's kind of... This is... The way they deliver that line as well in the Boston accent is just tremendous. Well, it's quite sweet because they argue that it's what he would have wanted mm -hmm. and you sort of believe it. I, I would struggle to argue against it at this point, given everything we've seen of the Suns in the house and how much they love the Red Sox and Boston mm. and everything like that. This feels like you'd want to throw really a, on brand, doesn't the, it? The main Yankees face. Yeah. You'd want him to take one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, obviously, you feel for poor Diane, as she points out. You begged me to stay and help, to which her mother replies, why does everything have to be about Big Shot Diane? <laughs> it's just very, very in keeping with the relationship Bojack has with his parents. Mm. We Again, we've seen so far a number of parallels between the two as to why Bojack and Diane would have this understanding. We're not asked, just as we were in episode one, right back at the pilot, we're not asked to receive these two as a meet cue. We're asked to try and understand the origins of their kinship, yeah. and this builds more foundation as and to, the as to why the they would just get each other and mm. to why she would be the perfect ghostwriter and to why he, as much as he wouldn't want to, would kind of have to let her in. You see the multitude of parallels between the two told... It's nice that we're starting to get a little bit of Diane's story. We've had so much of Bojack's past. Mm. Now we're starting to see it. There's almost a level playing field here between the two. Well, this is where we think finally Bojack's going to show his good side by defending her to his parents and say, you know, she's not the big shot that she thinks she's right. Leave her alone. Mm -hmm. Nope. He reduces her career and life to absolutely nothing. In his words, she's not too good for anything. <laughs> he earnestly thinks he's helping. But he also quickly spots that he's gone very wrong and all he's kind of doing is popping the brothers. Diane explodes. Exactly <laughs> as Bojack predicted. <laughs> and the funny thing here is though, even to the point where Bojack sat there going, Bojack helping? <laughs> like, am I doing good? He thinks maybe he might be doing a good job, of which he's absolutely not. He is indeed the horse that brought the camels back in this scenario, <laughs> to, you could say. To the soundtrack of Diane smashing the bar up and then storming out with the infamous and fatalistic catchphrase of Sarah Lynn's, Suck a dick, dumb shits. Nobody ever says that when they're making good decisions. Yep. We already know that. Um, Diane has gone off somewhere in the van with the chum in. The brothers <laughs> appear to panic. Oh no, dad's body. And then there's a lovely visual gag of three minutes later, nothing has happened. Nothing's happened. And again, what are they doing? They were just, they were at home, sat around the TV, watching it in the, in the, on the couch. Mm -hmm. And now they're just at a bar doing exactly the same thing. Even Bojack is incredulous at this. And uh, one of the brothers points out, oh, we don't know where she's gone. Who knows where crazy goes? Bojack Horseman knows where crazy goes. There's only one person crazy who goes. knows where crazy goes. Um, they do try and stay to convince him. They drop in the mentions of touch football and a nuggie parade. Bojack's obviously kind of like really drawn in by that. But it's just another case of someone else's life that he wants. It's mm. not his own. And for a change, he makes the right decision. He actually goes and sees Diane. Um, he finds her at the town dump, which is exactly where he expected her to be. She's talking on the phone to Mr. Peanut Butter. You can't really talk her around, but he at least offers her a hug. Um, that's about the best that she's going to get off him. And then she immediately cuts him off when Bojack arrives. There's a lovely moment for Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter where he's like, wait, what's Bojack doing he's there? on the phone and he gets cut off, doesn't he, right at the end? Too late. She's just not interested. Um, Bojack has written her a letter from Leo, the uh, the pen pal from her youth. He even clarifies within this one that it is it's Bojack Horseman. It's definitely not it's, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> it's, an, it's a lovely payoff to how when he's leaving a message mm. or when he's doing stand-up, he just 
can't get the words right. Or Jack Horseman, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's quite sweet. He does say that, um, you know, if no, even if nobody appreciates you, it's important that you don't stop being good. It's a big moment for Bojack's character mm-hmm. because it's kind of the opposite to how he's lived his life. He's identified that, Bo- that Diane is of really good stock and that it doesn't matter if she doesn't get appreciated for it. He's kind of lived his life as a total opposite. He's craving the appreciation, despite often being very bad. And it's something that he sees in Diane that he clearly is an aspirational quality to him. He kind of like moves her here uh, by acknowledging that he's got his own faults and yet she is so great and so good for other people. Um, you know, there's a there's a really sweet moment where within the letter he just lists off a lot of things that he, under the guise of Leo, yes. really likes about her. And it does seem to work. And it's... It kind of brings us back to when he's sort of almost because she's so good, he doesn't mm-hmm. really know what to do with good, does he? He knows what to yeah. do with really bad. It goes back to when he's to sit and talking to Pinky, uh, to yeah, Pinky Penguin at Penguin Publishing. Christ, that's hard to say. <laughs> uh, and it's it's him saying she's too good. She's like she's if anything, yes. she's too yeah. she's too talented at what she's doing. This is him. It's another way he can't really say the words, but it's him, another way for him to find a vehicle to express himself. And obviously, this time it's under the guise of Leo. And that's quite sweet because the first time he's done it, she's literally out the room. She's literally gone. now he's been able to commit pen to paper. Yeah. It's almost like saying it in person through his but own But not voice. really in person. Would, it's yeah. like there's, it's like moving up the, the steps, isn't it? You know, like mm. you say, one day he's going to graduate just seeing how he actually yeah. feels. But he's a long way away from that because he's so emotionally stunted all these years <laughs> later. Um, it's quite nice. Diane is arguing maybe why this has been so important to her because Bojack just says, you don't need these people, you know? And um, she says she was after some closure. Bojack steps in with a brilliant line here, very cathartic for anyone that's tried to live their lives like the characters in the TV show and turns out that they can't. He just says, closure is a made-up thing by Steven Spielberg to sell movie tickets. <laughs> it's caustic, but it's a truism that like not only informs the viewer that you know Bojack Horseman, the TV show, isn't going to conform to film and TV tropes, but it's yet again like a callback to this everything getting wrapped up in 30 minutes thing. Yeah. And maybe Bojack, the character, realizing that finally life doesn't work that way. He's, by saying, at, you know, the 26-minute mark in this show, mm-hmm. that life isn't going to be wrapped up. You're not going to come to Boston and get your closure. Is he finally starting to get that life isn't horsing around? This is the first time where he's gone away from trying to wrap things up neatly in a package. And I think also it's, we kind of get a bit of that when the brothers are offering him, the offering him the time, aren't they? They're saying mm. like, hey, we'll have a noogie party and we'll do all this. But actually he's realized the important thing here is Diane. When she leaves, that's the thing he cares about. Whether yeah. he likes to admit it or not, that's the thing he's worried about. And he goes and tries to actively solve this problem, which he knows he probably could have helped earlier in the episode. There is at least, obviously, we've had some drag. So we get one almighty big of course. gag. Drags and gags, everybody. So once he's kind of like they've found some sort of resolution for the time being, at least, um, Bojack simply says, your dad can't hurt anyone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> at which point the barrel of chum rolls off the back of the van through Boston and flattens a pensioner that Derek Jeter was walking across the road just as we think it's going to go all over his yeah. fat face. Is he going to get it in the fat face? No, he's not. He's actually going to dodge it, hit an old woman, to which he's then going to steal a person from away because <laughs> so, Derek Jeter is a piece of trash, apparently, as we're being Boston, told. In Boston, he was yeah, a villain of course, all along. Of course. Um, we find them back at the airport, ready to go <coughs> home. And uh, Bojack just takes a minute in the car while Diane's outside. He's obviously learned something from his own message with Diane. And he leaves Herb Kazaz a voicemail. Again, at the moment, the life of Herb Kazaz is what we know is that he's got cancer of the ass. Um, Bojack was reminded of that in pretty awful fashion by Sarah Lynn. Um, And he just says, life's too short. And he really like him to call him back. 
right as he's about to get out of the car, he gets a call from that pesky unknown number again. Less fuming this time because he's had his explosion. He just simply knocks it off. But we find out that it's Todd on the other end of the phone. It is. And why would Todd be in trouble with the police? Well, that seems like a perfect time to go back to the beginning, Michael, and tell us what's been happening with Todd and Princess Carolyn. So Todd and Princess Carolyn this episode, Todd has been home alone. And the only advice he needs to take from Bojack Horseman was don't do anything. But he sneezes and, in his word, breaks the seal. Ah, well, broke the seal. <laughs> so that frees us up what we get, frees him up for a Home Alone style video package where he's getting up to like quite gentle mischief. He's jumping on the bed, he's drinking champagne and pouring it in Bojack's hot tub. Looks really comfy, that hot tub. He's basically pretending to be Bojack Horseman. He sets up his own puppet show where he takes on the role of Bojack and says, I really value your friendship, Todd. Just to sort of reveal <laughs> it's quite hard. Todd's a home. pillow with like a, a hoodie and a beanie on. And he's the horse just desperate for Bojack's yeah. affection. Um, he's in the middle of climbing up a ladder to jump onto a trampoline outside of Bojack's house. And then a, a Maps to the Stars bus, a double-decker bus, pulls up outside the house, uh, confusing Todd with David Boreanis, star of, we're not quite sure what shows through Bojack, but I know Angel off the top of my head. Oh, of course, the Buffy Angel. spin-off. But the kind of gag is that nobody's quite sure yes. what they know David Boreanis from. Um, he does try and explain to the tour guide, I'm not David Boreanis. But then it becomes apparent there's money to be made. He invites the whole tour into the house, <laughs> which is such a leap forward for Todd. Because one of these double-decker rides isn't go inside the houses of the stars. It's just look at them. It's just look across. And yet Todd's advice of don't do nothing, he's managed to do everything he could possibly do he's gone the exact he couldn't have gone more opposite <laughs> yeah he's literally picked up everything he possibly can and be like well okay let's just give it all a try this is worse than <laughs> Bojack's potential worst yeah, case scenario the worst case scenario this because why on earth would he have ever dreamt this up <laughs> it's well and it escalates spectacularly quickly as well planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Todd doesn't know who David Boreanaz is. Half of the people in the house that have paid $50 to be there don't know who David Boreanaz is, but he's getting away with it. And Princess Carolyn rings him as his agent and says she wants to help him grow the business. It has already spiraled beyond his control. A fantastic callback, of course, to Princess Carolyn getting Todd's signature in the episode of his rock opera. That's she right. She actually actively goes out and makes him a client. Now, we he doesn't even remember this, really, because he's like, 
who is this on the phone? <laughs> but obviously, Princess Carolyn, she's a, a very a very well-organized businesswoman. She knows what she's doing. It's quickly renamed Boreanis House. Business is absolutely booming. Again, this brilliant joke about a lot of people in the tour still not being fully aware where he is. Mm. Had those people stayed on that bus, they probably wouldn't have even been taking pictures of David Boreanis' house. Now at this point, this has spiraled so far out of control. They're paying $75 to get in there yeah. VIP the packages. price has gone up now. They don't even know what they're paying for. One character actively questions what that is, and yet the money is still coming in. It's not only money for nothing, it's money for the promise of nothing. I thought it was some, for free. I, th I thought it was something <laughs> quite nice in a reference to like the Hollywood, almost like the Hollywood machine in what it is doing and continues to do to cinema. Yeah. The idea that what they were seeing today was okay, but what they might see tomorrow might be even better. I thought that was like a very gentle dig. Not I not want to dig out the Marvel franchise, no. but this idea that like film franchises now, it's like you're already in your seat, so we're going to sell you the sequel. Already because God forbid sequels, you just yeah. get the story that you've paid to see. Mm. Um, <laughs> Todd has erected a Ferris Bueller style sleeping David Boreanaz thing. That's the sort of the big payoff <laughs> of the tour. He opens the door, uh, he wakes up and then says, now get him a bed. I'm David Boreanaz. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fans have had what they paid for, but did they even pay for it? They didn't know who it was. They're dense enough to believe that what they've just seen is sleeping David Boreanaz. Because they're not really looking, are they? Not That's really. The they don't know why they've come in this yeah. house. They don't know why they've dropped the cash. But they are making an absolute fortune. Todd is literally struggling to stay on top of the piles of cash. He's in an office. He's working late nights. He's questioning the books. Got one of them visors on. <laughs> you know, it, the, yeah. the green visors that you'd wear if you were counting money. Princess Carolyn is ramping up the pressure because she's trying to keep him motivated. She's like saying, my mother never told me to slap an idiot. So she slaps him square across the face. <laughs> Todd's in over his head. Again, I think this is not the first time, but there's almost, there's a knowing nod to Aaron Paul's character in Breaking Bad. Yes. Things have spiraled money is being made but that money is filthy and while he's got it he's, he's somehow managed to find himself in this position he's clearly not capable to handle the business requirements yes. of said position and the last flash to Bore on his house as we once knew it is that it's all kicked off there are riots there are things being stolen who'd have thought Michael Mr. Peanut Butter has got it on the act he's just there that's when he was speaking yes. to Diana over in Boston uh, as the riots taking place police have answered the call about what's going on and he's been caught with all that dirty money the police have shown up and that's why he finds himself needing to use his one phone call to get Bojack to help. But he doesn't. So this week's cliffhanger is that has Todd gone to jail? Has Todd has definitely sat there waiting to be processed to jail. But mm. sadly, no call from his pal on the phone. Well, Michael, many times when we do these little hidden gags within mm. the show, horsing around, as we like to call it, they're... they're starting to build a world here. They're starting to build a world slowly but surely. We are now five episodes in and... Some of the paybacks, the paybacks, the payoffs, the callbacks to the mm. things that we get in this episode are quite something. Now, I'm going to have to try. I say this every week. I'm going to have to try and get through these quite quick because there's a big old list. But <laughs> ultimately, it won't happen. Pay the so, show the respect. Pay the show the respect that goddamn deserves. Right. Let me just go back because I was following you and your, I was going to call it bullshit there, but I was <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff that you were talking about. So what are you going to do? Okay. So. Live fast, Diane Nguyen. Let's go back to the very beginning of the episode where, as we see the first establishing shot of the airport, the airport is, of course, called Airbud International nice. because of the dog Airbud for all of our American listeners who mm -hmm. would probably get that a lot better. And simultaneously, as a plane is taken off from the airport, we see a bunch of birds who are the stewards and um, flight attendants who yeah. also fly off into the air, which, of course... The birds, Michael. I don't know if you got that. Very sweet. Very sweet. Uh, someone might have to tell me about this because Bojack, when he gets his hit flask out, the mm. hit flask says, 
thanks from ABC. Now, I don't know if there's a specific reference in there. I've tried to find something, couldn't find anything specific. So if you are listening and you do know what that is, please let me know. Could it be a freebie that he's kept since horsing like, around? Since, since like his a, days of popping on the show. Thing, I did yeah. think that, like a little, just a cute trinket. He's like the booze itself. He's, he's still hanging on to it. it. Yeah, yeah, still hanging on to it. We also did spot on the back wall, mm. you can see the security sign. You were the one who assisted me with this one. We had the security logo where the security guard is a rabbit or a hare which obviously we learn, or we certainly think, is a hare who it says you've got to show your passport to. Yes. And of course, Michael, what does that mean they are? That's airport security. Airport security. God damn it, I love this <laughs> show. Uh, let's. we got the opening credits and then we go to the first establishing shot. We see a beautiful, stunning e-publisher building. Mm. Really amazingly built. <laughs> stunning architecture. Beautiful. And then we get a quick zip down <laughs> to... Penguin Publishers that is this tattered, old, destroyed little building. When was the last time you saw a book? Oh, it was fantastic, <laughs> this. But even better, on the front, now I haven't, um, foolishly haven't written down, but on the front, in what I believe is Spanish, hmm. there is a message written on the uh, front of the building, just like on a curtain, essentially, okay. that they've stuck up. And it says, the rough translation from Spanish to English is... I declared danger and imminent asbestos ruin. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it wasn't already in tatters, just the last thing they need. Just the last thing they need, really. Now, inside, in the inside of Pinky Publish, Pink, uh, Penguin Publishing, even, real lots to pick up in this little mm. office bit. So Diane is sitting on a pile of books for her chair because they can't <laughs> actually afford to give her a chair. So she just has to have a pile of books at her height. Uh, the calendar on the wall is of an igloo. There's a picture of an igloo, we assume, at the North Pole or wherever mm -hmm. it is penguins come from these days. Um, as you mentioned, there's a crutch that's literally keeping the desk upright, <laughs> uh, which I just thought was so telling. In around the room, though, there's the plant in the background is dead. Mm -hmm. All of the leaves in the plant have fallen off. Even the bin, where there's a bunch of paper in the bin, like scrumpled up paper. Yep. You know, when you take a shot from a distance, mm -hmm. there's about two or three of the papers that haven't gone in the bin. Oh. So there's this real tragedy that they can't even chuck a piece of paper in the bin, right? All and it's paper are, as well. All the leaves are brown. All the, the leaves are brown. The sky is yeah. indeed grey. Uh, we get Diane's ringtone in this episode. She gets a phone call, and we get the first classic Diane moment, I guess, where her phone, phone goes off. And it's Ira Glass, yeah. the radio personality. I, I obviously can't, I haven't written down the exact things he says, but it's essentially a monologue from him basically saying, thank you for keeping radio alive, essentially by engaging with her and uh, with him and using this as a ringtone. I loved that in contrast to what we know of Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter. They, they have their own theme genes. Yes. They're what? in the Hollywood bubble. They're obsessed. Me, me, she, me. She's reached out to somebody else. She's Shh. endorsing someone else. It's Ira That's Glass, the thing. Yeah. She's endorsing someone. A typical Diane. It's someone a little bit niche that yes. maybe you might not know. And she kind of wants to know that. She wants yeah. people to know that it's a radio personality. Uh, so we go back to Bojack's house and... Uh, I mean, there's a fantastic bit where Todd is singing his scrambled egg song as he makes his scrambled eggs. We see the real jovial nature of Todd here. But then as he's reading the note from Bojack, you know, we start to hear Bojack's voice, mm. Todd listening to this note, or certainly thinking it's his subconscious. Um, the gag will pay off again later on when he actually hears his subconscious. But the note, I thought was quite telling that written across all of this, it's just pinned up by a horseshoe magnet on Bojack's fridge. Nice. Because I don't know if you know this, Michael, he's a horse. What? Um, which is crazy, I know. Um, yes, I enjoyed the Todd, don't do anything. He pauses for a moment as if he's going to stand there for the rest of the day, <laughs> just doing absolutely nothing. And then, of course, breaks the egg and decides, well, the seal's broken now. Off I go and go mad. As he is having his little mad moment, we see him uh, drinking champagne in the bath. The champagne, the brand of champagne, it's just called Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> this fancy champagne. Um, obviously, Todd wearing Bojack's clothes. He's mm. dressed up with 
and he's talking to himself, who is a pillow, uh, which I just thought was such a great visual. Obviously, if you've seen the episode, which you will have, it's really great stuff. Um, the the whole gag here about David Boreanaz, we, mm. get, we start to get into this. Um, and on the tour bus, there's a koala who is actually voiced by um, Alison Brie. Yes. She's doing the voice. And the gag throughout the episode will be like, where's David Boreanaz from? Like, what was his show? Mm. Like, who is he? She's going on and she says, <laughs> she says, David Borealis is the American Hugh Jackman. Just <laughs> like shouting down. <laughs> to which we then get a wonderful shout from, it's actually Raphael Bob Waxberg doing a voice, in which right. he just shouts over the top, is he the guy from Burn Notice? <laughs> which is another wonderful little spot there. Um, then we go to, we're in Boston now. Mm-hmm. And we get the, but before we get there, really, we get the little flashback of Bojack and his father. Bojack's father's reading a newspaper. And on the newspaper is a, a picture of Richard Nixon as he's meeting Elvis. It says, Nixon meets the king. But of course, the twist is, Elvis is a dog because there ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh, very good. good and spot. then below that, it says, recipes for peanut butter and banana sandwiches were exchanged. <laughs> so, <laughs> so take from that what you will. And obviously, as you mentioned, when Bojack mentions his imaginary friend, Bojack's dad replies, imaginary friends are freeloaders created by communists to rip off welfare. Lovely stuff. Oh. Uh, the, the kaleidoscope gag. Mm. I don't think we need to say much more. Shapes and colors, the likes of which I've never <laughs> seen. Um, Diane's family home, though, in Boston. That is quite a little treasure trove of things, bits and pieces here. Now, as we will see, there's loads of Boston stereotypes in here. One in particular is that they just love sports. Yeah. So we see that the jersey of Diane's brother, Marty, that just is literally SP on one half of it, ORTS on the other. <laughs> it just says sports. <laughs> Thought that was great. Um, on the wall, maybe someone can help me with this one. Boston Gloves is in the picture. Now, mm. I don't know if I've missed the gag, perhaps, but it just says Boston Gloves. Right. And there's some gloves, maybe from a bit like when, um, a bit like if you're from that place, we just go, oh, well, it's a Boston thing. Yeah. It's a Boston thing. I assume that what it would be. Um, Pops was wicked departed, obviously, <laughs> when they say that. A little reference to The Departed, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a uh, Martin Scorsese film that features Matt Damon, of course, famed from Boston. We then tie immediately into, and I do not like them apples, which is, of course, a reference to Goodwill <laughs> Hunting when he goes up to the window and says, how do you like them apples? God, they do love themselves some Boston. You might have this on your list, but I did like the Bojack really got them going when he started sharing his Ben when Affleck stories. he started stories. talking about the Ben Affleck stuff. He realized he tapped into something. He there. really, he's, he's doing something with the daredevil. Yeah. With the daredevil <laughs> himself. I thought that was fantastic. Um, we also get so another jersey from their brother Gary, who Gary, the black sheep of the family, who is, of course, a black sheep, uh, who wears the jersey. That is such a good guy. Diane let him know yeah, earlier on. Such and, a it's, simple. and it's one that you should see coming. Yeah, and to be fair, it's there. It's floating around. And yeah. if you grab it, you grab it. But he's wearing a jersey that just says ball game. Yeah. Because, of course, he is. They'll just love sports. And that's, I think it's Boston Celtics. I Boston think. Celtics, yeah. The, 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 the colours one is Red Sox, same. isn't it? Red and Sox like, and they're Celtics, picking the yeah. local teams, but each time it's but just each time it's just general because how many times? Sports! Wicked sports! <laughs> uh, there's a little sly, uh, quick Princess Diane joke in there, of course, as they're mm. talking up Diane. I think it's just so fancy. Uh, and, <laughs> and then on the dad's face, who's obviously the past, the recently, de- de- recently departed father, <laughs> uh, he's got a bunch of doodles on his face. One just says, Jita sucks. Then there's a pair of testicles drawn on. There's also a little doodle of a penis. And then they're just drawing a mustache on him in classic, like, lad, lad, lad yeah. fashion, which is perfect for these guys. Uh, we go back to Bojack's house. Now, there's a little 
we will see quite a few little returns here, but we see the raccoons who we've seen in a couple of episodes now, mm. dumpster diving. They're now in Bojack's fridge in the background <laughs> as they pick through what they can. On the topic of ringtones, though, Todd's ringtone we hear for the first time is dun-dun-dun-dun, mm. but it's Todd, 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 <laughs> which is very fitting indeed. Again, like as if he was the star of his own TV show, as like if he was. Horseman. And if anything, he maybe he's even picked it up from Bojack from the likes of Mr. Peanut Butter, who's been around. I can do that too. I can do and that too on mine. Yeah. Uh, we go go back to Boston, and I don't know why, this really just got me. Uh, when Diane's trying to explain to her brothers who are kicking off about immigrants, she's like, we're immigrants, we're Vietnamese. The brother says, step off, we're American as f***. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was such a brilliant overreaction to the fact that it's his own heritage. And a great commentary on the reaction in the world at the moment mm. to immigrants. And it's, this is even back in 2014. It's Bojack is an adult comedy and an adult animation, but it's very, very careful with its use of swears. Absolutely. It's not it's not like it doesn't like overwhelm any episode with it. It's not overly liberal. And especially the F word, it tends to really make it. It holds count. on to it, doesn't yeah. it? It really does. Um also at the same time, yeah, I just noticed that all of the family are now on the settees, and as brother Marty is sat on the far chair on the left, he's just chucked the dad on the floor. <laughs> the dad's on the floor, and his legs can be seen sticking out of the side, but he's just completely disregarded. He's departed and disregarded, <laughs> which I just thought was great. Um, <laughs> then we go back to uh, to Bojack's house, or now Boreana's house, mm. uh, and you can see as Princess Carolyn is now letting people in and charging them $75 a head, we get a return from the two dogs from episode two who are talking about how they just love eating chocolate, but it could literally kill ah, me. Wow. They turn up at the house because Hollywood types, they've just obviously mm -hmm. flown around enjoying the experience. At this point, Princess Carolyn has also used her Hollywood ways. She's now got Mila Kunis, who's just turned up at the house <laughs> eating a sandwich and just has a t-shirt on that says Black Swan. Got a plug the work. And then I just also noticed, it's a nice cute little thing, one of the tourists was wearing a t-shirt that says, LA is okay. <laughs> it's just okay. Back to Boston. Um, and as we see the establishing shot of the house, there's a pigeon floats by and sits on the, the phone cables or electricity cables. But of course, it's a it's a human pigeon and the cables aren't able to handle the weight, so it just bends the, the cables good. all the way down. Very good. Very good. This was the this was the line, of course. Bojack expresses that he and Ben uh, Affleck are he's on about grapes. They're eating grapes, hmm. or they're going to eat grapes together. And the guy says griping it up with the daredevil himself. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what a time to be alive kind of thing. And then uh, Bojack then explains that as he's leaving, he says, boys, you have stolen my heart like Dave Roberts stole second base, to which Gary the Black Sheep says, hey, hey, he knows our thing. <laughs> which is obviously classic for these kind of jock types. We could do the funeral directors or the funeral home, which is Maggot and Son's funeral home, as the sign will tell us. Uh, Diane then is when she's going through the uh, the packages that are available. Mm. We obviously have spoken about the two available ones. She's first pitched the piece of dad packages. We're told here, and on a quick glance, I had to take a quick screenshot to grab them. We see that it says, "We care in your time of mourning. Here are some of the services we offer to make this transition easier." He never tried, so why should you? <laughs> You'll still be a decent person in the eyes of your family and others. No tombstone, no problem. No one will ever want to visit him anyway. <laughs> and then as we see the page flip over to the piece of shit dad package would be too good for him package. Mm -hmm. The lines are a little bit different. Get rid of the body, comma, legally. <laughs> <laughs> Seat up to 10, just in case some people care. 
complimentary dollar store cookies so your dad's shitty friends can put them in their mouths and talk to you less. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was fantastic. And like, we can't stress enough, that is on screen for less than a second. It's the first one in particular. Mm-hmm. Is you've really got to pause it to grab it. It's such a quick flick on the pages. So yes, I am great and I do do my <laughs> homework. Even better, the maggot who is the funeral home director just slinks away in a pile yeah. of sludge as he goes off to make the uh, arrangements for <laughs> the funeral. We go back to um, outside now. We're in the Boreanaz house. We can see the the, the the list of buses that are have now started to come up outside the house. Mm. There's a whole shot of three tour buses. One of them is just called Celeb Tour, but there's one of them is called Nosy Nancy Sites with a picture <laughs> of a nose as the logo <laughs> and Peeping Tom Tours with just a picture of an eye as the logo, which I thought was quite telling of that weird culture. We mm. need to know what's in the house. And we should know that's why the paparazzi can't get anywhere that's near Bojack's house. That's it's what's cut Boreana's house now. Boreana's house. Um, and also, now we're looking at the people who are in the room here. There's a little callback again, this time to season one, episode three. If you remember rightly, there was a family of birds who were walking outside of the swine within reach store where Bojack goes to get the new bed. Mm -hmm. Well, they're back and they're walking through the house, having a look around David Boreanaz's house, which I thought was another classic testament here to how much detail this actually this show puts in it's world building isn't it? it's world building beyond world building speaking of which there's actually the chicken there who is the scared chicken who drops an egg when bojack shouts at them in the bar (laughs) she's also at the party and not even so if you're really looking and paying attention you can see waiting in the queue at the back is cecil from uh, the episode before from Todd's rock opera, Cecil is the one in the 812 store, the 7-Eleven oh, shop, fantastic. who sells Bojack the game initially. Oh no, mm. who Bojack sells the game to to pretend it was yes. in his dollar bins. And just, I mean, the level of detail that they don't have to do, but mm. they go into, so that nerds like us can sit and pick it apart. <laughs> wonderful. I get a podcast out of it. How wonderful. Um, yes, also on this, uh, at this point where Todd has been talking to his conscious, we've now reached a new level where the conscious says, I'm David Boreanaz, but he says, it's funny, David Boreanaz sounds just like Bojack. <laughs> it's completely the exact same voice. Still and, yet to know who he is. And then as Bojack is delivering, or the, sorry, David Boreanaz voice, in the voice of Bojack, God, this is convoluted, says, <laughs> I'm David Boreanaz from the shows like, I want to say New Girl, <laughs> of course, is not his show again. Uh, we go back to the funeral and um, just a little poster that I saw on the wall. It just says, peace, LTD. Satisfaction guaranteed. Just a nice picture of an empty coffin. <laughs> so I thought it was lovely. And then we get some real good stuff, yeah. After all of this... Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed in a, guaranteed coffin. In a coffin, I know. Um, as we go... Let's have to skip a few pages there. Um, as we cut back to... We find them in the bar now this time. The family are now... Have not taken the... Gone to the funeral. They're just at a bar. Mm. The bar is called O'Drinkley's. <laughs> which a nice little twist on Irish bar names. Um, in the background, I couldn't quite decide the relevance of it, but there's a drunken lobster slash maybe a crab in the background just completely passed out mm-hmm. on a bar, on a table after drinking too much. Um, the bartender shirt, much like the other guys with all these funny shirts, just says, score! <laughs> <laughs> which is a nice little callback to those T-shirts. Um, and obviously, as Diane drives away furiously, she shouts, suck a dick, dumb shit. As you said, nobody ever makes a good decision mm. when shouting that phrase. Going back to Bojack's house... Um, there's a whole bunch of mad stuff happening. I wondered if anybody could give me the relevance for this, maybe. We just see a monkey slash an orangutan I've got down here who is just, there's all going wrong and he just steals the kitchen sink. And the yeah. best we could come up, come up with was taking everything 
and usually it's but the kitchen sink. In this case, and the kitchen sink, it's all gone wrong. But why a monkey in tight but jeans? why a monkey? He's in tight <laughs> jeans, tight blue denims. Somebody give me the answers. Mm. Back to Boston, quick little uh, little gag. Truck number two is the name of the license plate on Diane's truck. I'm sure truck number one <laughs> may have featured already. If it has, let me know. And of course, Bojack saying the closure is a made-up thing by Steven Spielberg to sell more tickets, which is such a fantastic line. There's a song that plays as the chum is flying around and heading down all of these, um, obviously falls off the hill, the dumpster hill, and heads down into mm. Boston. The song playing is At Fenway by Brian Evans, which is obviously a classic ode to Fenway Park, yes. which is, of course, in Boston, which we'll even see at some point. As the barrel of chum is floating through Boston, we see a few different landmarks. We see the statue of Paul Revere. Now, normally this statue, and Paul Revere, I should point out, as I will read from Wikipedia rather than <laughs> pretending that I know, was an American silversmith, engraver, early industrialist, and patriot in the American Revolution. A big name in Boston, or so I'm told. But the statue is normally... Would, of... you, say, would you say he's American as fuck? <laughs> oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. What I would say, though, is normally he's sat on the back of a horse. Well, of course, in this, the horse is an anthropomorphic horse. <laughs> He's awkwardly on the shoulders of this horse who looks very upset about it. The horse is not happy to be part of this statue. As the, the barrel of chum goes past, we see it goes through Fenway Park mm -hmm. during a game on which the scoreboard will tell us that Boston are currently beating the Yankees 52-41 to 41 in the game. A tight one at that. Um, and then as it goes through to the next landmark, we see that we go past the scene from Cheers, of course. It's mm -hmm. not called Cheers in this. It's called beers because <laughs> why make it any more complicated and finally we see that as it's about to go down and we think it's going to smash into Derek Jeter of course who's walking the old lady goat across the road Derek Jeter has wear is wearing a hat that says just cheat it. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was hilarious that Jeter just moves out the way and lets the chum hit the old woman <laughs> before he grabs her purse and runs off as we said he is a villain after all uh, and last couple of ones here at the airport we went Bojack and Diana pretend one of the departures is just called Scary Air. And then the other one is called Fuselagia, which is obviously people oh, who nice, make fuselages. Yeah. And finally, Todd in jail. We just see a bunch of wanted posters on the wall. Mm. Amongst him sitting next to one of the guys who sat next to him was someone who was also at the party who's been arrested. Mm. And he's with the praying mantis who happens to be sat there. But on the wall behind them is a list of wanted people. And I swear the one on the far left is meant to be Charles Bronson. It's wow. a bald, bald man with a moustache. So quite possibly Charles Bronson could be on the loose Still in Hollywood. But as far as my notes will tell me, Michael Hamlet, that is almost everything for this episode. Almost. Almost everything. I know normally if you've been following along, this is the part of the show where we decide to do one last thing and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. Now, normally what we do is we pick something that we didn't mentioned during either of our notes mm -hmm. and we tend to go in on it. Michael, would you like to go first this week? Yeah, it's just a little one. I thought it was quite a sweet moment. So we learn about obviously the letters from Leo, the fictional pen pal that yes. Diane's brothers have all concocted together. Mm. All the way through the episode, the theme has been about Bojack trying to get ingratiate himself with the brothers and become one of the brothers. And Diane at the very end when his letter in inverted commas works, yes. she says that that was Leo's best ever mm. letter. Bojack is a better brother figured her he understands her more than any of them combined ever did so he's finally he's both things he wants to be in this episode he's managed to get through to diane but he's also been the brother that he was trying to be when he was talking about touch football and all things that didn't really matter and again in this sort of ending where it's all supposed to be about bojack trying to learn and trying to mm. be better 
he's gone and done it by accident. It's happened by accident completely. By not, unlike when he's doing a stand-up set or when he's leaving a voicemail, by not trying and trying and trying. Do you get it? Do you get it? It's Bojack, by the way. He's actually managed to do it. And I think there's that weird moment in this where he does a good thing, a very good thing, off the back of doing some pretty lousy things and not mm. really helping her out. Uh, but I got the immediate sense that, as you said there, you've gone straight for, he's a he's a good brother, essentially, in this. He does what none of our brothers ever did for her. I also feel that it comes from a place for him where maybe he's doing this out of a different kind of love, not necessarily brotherly love. Well, that was the character they created. That's the Leo character. was a love interest. Lo- Leo was so a love interest. getting to be both. So he has the, gets to have his cake and eat it, even, I think, if maybe he's not aware that mm. he's doing it from a brotherly kind of standpoint. As for mine, however, a little bit less serious, this one. Just a very <laughs> good observation. I thought I'd save one of these little clever callbacks of theirs. Mm. Uh, as we see them in the bar and they're all talking, just before Diane has her meltdown and goes crazy, you will see, if you look very carefully out the back window, there's a little old woman going past the window who just so happens, Michael, to be a goat. Oh, and of course... Not the goat. The goat. No. no well, not the goat. Obviously, Bojack's <laughs> the real goat in all of this. But we see it's the old woman who will end up coming into the payoff at the end of the episode with Derek Cheetah, who will ultimately be the victim of the chum <laughs> that Diane hasn't quite yet driven away with in the car. I mean, this show, just it just pays so much attention. Really, really does. Absolutely fantastic. Well, that really is everything I've got to tell you about the episode. I'm mm-hmm. pretty much done in that department. But just before we go, one last shill, as always, because you know what it is, it's important to get these things out there. So as we've said many times, you can follow this podcast at Podcast Horseman on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow either one of your hosts on Twitter or Instagram if you so feel. You can follow me at It's Adam Nicholas. And we're going to follow you, Michael. At Michael Hamford. And of course, you can get the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow on Spotify. Please subscribe. You can listen on Acast. It's embedded in the tweets on our Twitter feed. Um, and as I said at the start of the podcast, we love these five-star reviews that we're getting. It's really helpful to us. It's good for the community. Mm. It's good for getting the podcast up to searches, things like that. And we're just very grateful for people engaging with us. We love to Absolutely. get these. So here comes our third member of our Hollywood Talk of Fame. This is from Justin Walter. Very kindly just said, great podcast. Uh, Justin has come from the What Culture Wrestling community, where we elsewhere apply our trade. Excellent. They've said, super excited that you guys are doing this. Lovely podcast done by a couple of lovely gents. It's really quite sweet. Who are they then? Uh, and uh, <laughs> Justin Walter as well hasn't mentioned specifically in the feedback if they have previously watched podcast uh, Bojack Horseman or are watching it now. But I like that either way because mm. if this has driven somebody to watch it, then I'm all the happier for it. And if they're just watching along again to listen to us, then fantastic. Because who doesn't like to talk themselves horse about a talking horse? And if you can't tell from my voice, that's all I've been doing. Well, lately. I found it funny that you have come into this with the most horse voice of yours so <laughs> far. And I think that's going to be great listening to these back in the future where, oh, he had a cold last week. Oh, he's got a lost throat. Well, this, that's what this show does to you. It will wear you out. I promise you it is worth it. should say, Justin, look out for your star. It will appear on the socials in the next couple of days. Indeed. And also, anybody who continues to send these reviews, continues to leave comments on all social media platforms. Anyway, let's quickly give you the synopsis before we go for next week's episode. And it is, of course, season one, episode six. Our A story is a D story, as this one is called. And the synopsis reads, Bojack is jealous of Diane's relationship with Mr. Peanut Butter. Todd's in a new environment. I wonder where Todd's new environment might be, <laughs> Michael. But that sounds like a question for next week. And for now, all that remains to be said is that I am Adam Nicholas. I'm Michael Hamflit. And this has been Podcast Horseman. Even 
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.